Welcome to Voices of Inspiration. I'm your host, Amelia Old, and today you're in for a captivating conversation with Kamal X, a self-taught documentary photographer based in Brooklyn, New York. Kamal's journey is a testament to the power of storytelling through the lens of a camera. In 2015, Kamal made a life-altering decision to travel the world, dedicating this adventure to his best friend who lost his battle to colon cancer. This personal commitment ignited his creative spirit, shaping his unique style of revealing the hidden narratives of humanity, often overlooked. Kamal gained significant recognition in 2020 during the Black Lives Matter protest in Oakland, California, and Washington, D.C. His impactful images were featured in the New York Times, and a series of beautiful Oakland, D.C. earned him second place in Lens Culture's Black and White Photography Awards. In 2021, Kamal was prominently featured in Apple's hometown campaign, celebrating Black photographers across America. He also self-published his debut book, A Quest Supreme, chronicling five years of travel to over 40 countries in search of inner peace. Stay tuned for Kamal's upcoming release, Black Astronaut, on October 24, 2023, a visual masterpiece capturing a nationwide revolution sparked by the pandemic and George Floyd's tragic passing. Join me as we explore Kamal's remarkable journey and the powerful stories he's captured through his lens. Everyone has a story to tell. We connect and relate to one another when we share our stories. My name is Amelia Old, and I'm your host of Voices of Inspiration. Join me as I share stories of friends, family, and strangers from my everyday life and travels. You will laugh, possibly cry, or walk away feeling connected more than ever to those around you and ready to be the change our world needs. Everyone has a story to tell. What's yours? Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm really grateful that you took time out of your busy schedule to be with me and to share your story and to talk about your journey. Yeah, I'm definitely um, so thankful to be here. I'm excited, uh, inspired even, because, you know, I think it's just beautiful connecting with new people and having meaningful conversation because you just, you really, you know, we're creating right now and you never know where it's going to go. But I really feel like something amazing and beautiful is going to happen, you know? I agree. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much. So your journey into photography started as a tribute to your late friend. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about how that decision unfolded and how it shaped your creative path? Yeah, it was very... um, See, I lost my best friend, Drew. We were, I think, 26. I'm 37 now. Mm-hmm. And he 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 passed away from colon cancer, mm-hmm. and I remember when that during this whole process through chemo and everything, it was such a we didn't understand what any of it really meant. You know, at that age, it was just like you'll be alright, you'll be fine. Like being supportive mm-hmm. and being great friends in the way we could, but we didn't know the severity. We didn't think he would pass away, basically. Mm-hmm. So I remember it was a Thanksgiving. And something made me come early. I was living in L.A. and he's in New Jersey. Something made me come back early. Like, I was just like, let me just spend some extra time. Um, I didn't even know he was in the hospital. And I got there and he was in the hospital. And he was, when I went to see him, he looked, you know, nothing like who I, you know, used to seeing. And I realized immediately how serious this was. Um, But at the same time, I still didn't think, you know, I'm pulling for him to pull through, you know. So when he unfortunately, you know, transitioned, um, my world completely collapsed. And at that point, I was a life coach and a personal trainer living in L.A. Um, I was working at Equinox, actually, and I had my own little thing on the side I was doing. And I remember I just literally dropped everything. I said I had nothing to give to anyone. <laughs> this is this was such a catastrophic experience. And it and it was so weird because I didn't even know how to feel about it. Like you watch movies, you hear about things, you see other people. But I guess at that age, that level of d- that type of situation is just such a even a best friend at that, you know, not a associate or someone, but a best close friend. I remember I didn't know how to navigate it. So I'm happy that I made the choice to just drop everything because 
I just, it was, I don't know what else I would have done. And what I did was he loved that I was a free person. So for him, he was actually claustrophobic. He's the funniest person I ever met in my life. And he was claustrophobic, couldn't get on elevators. It was such a thing when we went to clubs. It was so funny, but like no planes, nothing, you know? So I was at that point, I lived in LA. I moved to Atlanta before. So he looked at me as like this freedom person. Like, yo, I can't believe that you just get up and go and find a place and find a job. Like, it was just such a... <laughs> He really loved that about me. And to me, it was just me being normal. Fast forward, when that when that happened, I said, what can I do for my brother that he liked about me that I can just push it times a thousand? And it was travel. So at that point, I just decided to get a bag, go to, um, and I never backpacked. I never knew anyone in my family that did it. It wasn't like my friends. This is a completely foreign concept to go backpacking. And I went to Cambodia, Thailand, and Laos for 40 days. And life shifting experience to say the least, extremely uncomfortable, didn't know what I was doing. I remember I came out there with like so much luggage, it was crazy. Like I had this big, big bag. And when I was with this group, they was like, hey, man, how are you going to like get new stuff? It was like, (laughs) and I had like all my gear, sneakers. I I was, I didn't know how to be a traveler. You know, I was Mm -hmm. dressing like the way where I'm from. And it was a life shifting experience and I grew so much and I became like, I just kept going. And that one trip ended up being off and on traveling for five years to over 40 different countries. Um, And between that time, I was, I think I was in um, Ecuador and I met a new, a friend named Anna and we were sleeping on a volcano. And um, what, what was happened? And oh, we were taking pictures of the erupting volcano that was across from us or something like that. And I was taking a picture with a 4S and she was like, she asked me, what do you shoot with? Because she assumed I had another camera in my back. I said this, this little 4S and she had a real DSLR. So she's looking at me like, uh, okay, you're going to have to change that around. You've been traveling the world. You've seen all these countries. You're seeing this. And then she took one. She had a tripod and everything. She was with another friend named Miles. They both were photographers and they showed me the picture from it was like a canon 6d and i remember i was like whoa she was like yeah this is full frame I'm like oh <laughs> so i remember looking at the camera like that picture versus my picture was whoa so i immediately brought a nikon d33 um 3300 i think it's called and started shooting and that started to just taking pictures as i was traveling i was finding healing i was finding purpose I still, you know, I'm trying to deal with the grief and I was like getting it out through experiences and meeting people and Mm -hmm. getting to know myself on a different level. Mm -hmm. And all this was happening with a camera in my hand. So it kind of like naturally came out of, um, not out of nowhere, but it was very unexpected. It was very unexpected. And people started um, giving me compliments like, yo, your photography is pretty good. I'm like, ah, you know. I'm thinking Instagram algorithm stuff. I'm not thinking, <laughs> oh, I'm an artist. I'm just like a person trying to, you mm-hmm. know, get sponsors and things of that nature. And I remember it was a friend of mine when I was living in New York. She saw my place. She was like, yo, you're an artist. And I was like, I accepted it. She was a teacher. And I was like, you know what? Maybe there's something to this. People keep bringing it up. And I just kind of like leaned in and things started opening up. It wasn't easy, though. But I I. It was like it gave travel purpose. It gave the journey I was on purpose. And I knew I was seeing things that most people don't see. Mm-hmm. And it gave me it gave me a, a amazing feeling to be able to bring people into my world. Cause mm-hmm. that like if I say I've been to 40, 50 countries, like that's I, I appreciate that. But a person that doesn't, they're just like, oh, what does it mean if I can't show you? So for me, mm-hmm. having that medium has always been a great way of expression and it's grown into a beautiful thing and why we're here today, you know? That's so incredible. One thing I want to say back to about your friend is Mm -hmm. I think I want to commend you for being there for your friend because my Mm -hmm. husband and I, we, um, we're on the board of a nonprofit cancer for college and they give college scholarships to cancer survivors. And a lot of the, the scholars that we talk to uh, and that we've talked to over the years one of the things that they say is when they were diagnosed with cancer, you know, whatever age they were, friends tend to kind of fall off the radar. Friends kind of mm-hmm. disappear, not because they don't care, 
but because they don't know how to deal with it. They don't right. know how to support them. They don't understand it. Um, and so the easiest way for them is to kind of just like, um, you know, close off and yeah. not be there. And Definitely. so I really commend you for being there. Um, I think that that is an incredibly important, you know, as a self-taught photographer, what have been some of the challenges or what were some of the challenges that you faced along the way of, of learning photography? Um, I would say, I think it's a challenge for anybody, but I think it's finding your own voice, finding what you really care about. There's a couple of photographers. I remember like when you start out, you're like taking pictures of everything. Right. And then you don't really upload much of it or you upload a bunch of it and it doesn't, it's not good enough to show anybody. So you're taking up memory. And I remember this photographer was like, why are you taking pictures of things that don't move you? I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. Things that move me. So like, I kind of, as I started going to things that moved me, it kind of pushed me into the space of, you know, documentary style street photography. Now the challenge with that is that on Instagram and social media, which is where I kind of was just trying all this stuff out, which is most all, most creatives use that medium. Um, that's not what the algorithm really likes, you know, like it's more about take a picture of you in front of the Eiffel tower, wearing a nice outfit, go eating at a restaurant. But in terms of taking street photography, showing what you're seeing and just being more, I would say artistic, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't normally correlate. You know, if I do a picture of me, I get a bunch of, you know, and it feels good. But then when you put that other thing, that's what you really like, what you saw, it's not a lot, it's a lot of crickets oftentimes. And I think learning, thankfully, I, I kept researching and researching and finding older, not older, but like more experienced photographers and seeing like the difference between and there's a difference between, uh, let me say a social media, so yeah, social media photographer, which is no shade mm -hmm. or hate on that versus mm -hmm. someone that's like in the industry photographer. Right. There's two different worlds. They don't really collide the way people right. think. And once I realized that I was like, okay, you're not, this isn't you, this space on Instagram just doesn't fit your aesthetic. And when I shifted it, it again, helped me find my voice and just choosing to stick to my guns because when you don't have uh, a class or school, when you have uh, classmates and people who can like, you can mm -hmm. talk to about these things. You're really in a dark room. Like you're really like, is this good? Is it, right. do I know what I'm doing when, when I'm talking to, and especially in the beginning, when I was meeting photographers, they would talk to me with language. I didn't understand. Like, what do you shoot with? I was like, what, what am I supposed to say when you say that to me? I don't even know what that means now. Obviously I'm well more versed in it, but I would say finding voice and doing, it was difficult, but I appreciate it was doing the work, meaning learning all the information, like getting, like I have over 80 photography books. Like wow. I started watching all these uh, documentaries and like, just interviews and just like even directors and seeing how to create movies. And luckily I have always loved film. I just didn't realize it was my gift. Mm -hmm. Like, even though becoming a photographer was a surprise, I've always kind of gravitated towards cameras, keeping memories. Um, I watch a lot of movies. So I guess it was kind of always there and it just yeah. like the, the roads collided in a great way. But, um, yeah, I would say just learning it on my own and being confident and being, but it's also, it was difficult, but it also gave me, I think, an edge because I didn't go through the, the, the normal route. I would say mm -hmm. I kind of have learned to have a much thicker skin. I've learned to be very like, this is what I feel. This is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, whereas I think sometimes having so many people to compare yourself to can kind of limit you because you don't, kind of think for yourself sometimes in terms of finding your own way, you know, so it's been difficult, but it's been beautiful at the same time, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think that that is, I mean, you're right on point with that because social media, we see this person and we see that person and we're like, Oh, well they're doing it that way. And they're doing it that way. Maybe that's what I right. need to do because they're successful and maybe right. I need to be just like them. 
and we lose ourselves and we lose our own voice mm-hmm. along the way. The so voice. I think that I mean you're right on point with that. How do you approach the process of storytelling through through your photography? Um doing uh oof. I don't know. It's actually a pretty heavy time. It's a pro- probably more complicated. Like it's like, I don't take pictures. It's weird to say this, but like, I don't take pictures of anything I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a process. It's like, if I'm feeling something it like black astronaut, the book that's coming out. Right. So obviously that's a little different because when George Floyd passed away, Ahmaud Arbery, the pandemic, women's rights, Trump, all mm-hmm. that was happening before that I was sitting looking, learning about photography, seeing what happened in like the seventies, the sixties, the eighties, going through photography books, Eli Reed, all types of photographers that especially civil rights movement, million man March. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, I will never get that opportunity. Like what was it? It had to been, it sucked to be having those struggles, but to be a photographer during that time, to be able to take those photos, like America doesn't do that anymore. Like in terms of from a photography standpoint. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, the intention's been there. Like, I I hope something, you don't want it to be bad, but you're like, I'm a photographer and I want to document something that really matters to, to the, to our country and our history. And so when it, when that all happened, I knew I had the call. I knew this was like, I'm ready. Like, you know, there wasn't a, oh, let's just do this. I was, I knew this is a, this is a moment that I need to take seriously. I knew that I wanted to make something of this that matters to myself, my friends, my family, and hopefully, you know, other people. And so I think the, the process is a very well thought, like the next project I'm working on is another one that I've been just talking about with friends and it comes like through me versus it being like, Oh, that's interesting. I want to do it. It's like a slow process. And that way I'm more emotionally connected to the work. And I think when you're more emotionally connected with, to what you're shooting, it shows in the, in the photography versus if you're just taking pictures of things, it's like, you might be really good at photography. So maybe like you're artistically amazing, but like the feeling Mm -hmm. you might miss, you know? And so that's kind of my, my process in terms of, yeah, my, my, yeah. And the focus of your photography is on revealing hidden truths of humanity. Can you share Mm -hmm. an example of a story that you've captured that really resonates with you in this regard? Well, it's funny because we're kind of talking about it one Mm -hmm. and and it's in this, the, the project, the black astronaut project. It's, um, there's a photo where, it's a, a woman in an astronaut suit. She's like bent back. Her hair is going down and she's looking to the sky. And in the back, it has a word saying, don't be a slave to the algorithm. And within that photo, there's also, if you look closely, there's going to, there's a lot of photos of iPhones with X's on them, mm-hmm. like just crossing them out. And the whole idea is like, when I was taking those pictures and just like all throughout America, when America was locked down, I was risking it all literally before we had the vaccine, before we knew how dangerous the actual COVID was, we didn't know. And um, I remember seeing all sides of, of the argument because I was just very open-minded and I didn't want to get one side of, I went everywhere. And what I noticed was there was definitely levels of, you know, outrage based on we're supposed to be outraged versus thinking about independently about what you feel, Mm -hmm. what is actually going on, being able to listen, hear one another. Like I saw so much discourse, fighting, yelling. And I'm just thinking to myself, like no one's talking with each other. Y'all are talking at each other. And I just, I saw another a documentary on Netflix. I think the social dilemma, I think it's called or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. where he goes into how phones are like getting our minds, you know, and I was just like, man, that's, I want to say something about this in my own way. Like you have to kind of unplug and, and get into the world. Like, cause when you actually go into the world and talk to people, connect with people, you know, this from traveling, like when you meet people, it's a totally different reality than what you may see on your phone. Absolutely. And, and it's becoming more and more prevalent that I think people are being warped in a more closed off reality. And I just want, that was my way of like, you know, making a statement 
to make people, you know, not make, but hopefully inspire people to think differently, to take a step back instead of always trying to have the answer, always mm-hmm. having check, like got it all together. Like it's okay to not know. It's okay to be unsure. It's okay to, to take time to listen and not have anything to say mm-hmm. for a change, you know, like, and that's kind of where I've been with a lot of things. I just, and that's one thing I love about photography. It gives me a moment to sit back and watch and it can get very real emotional. Um, but that's what makes life worth living to me, you know, mm-hmm. like getting into the truth and getting uncomfortable in a good way, you know? Yeah, so that's I mean, one right. of the photos. Yeah. It's okay to, to sit back and to observe and to form your own opinion versus mm-hmm. everything that you see on social media or on television. You're absolutely right. And it goes, and it goes kind of to what we were saying about the photography mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, you, you take a picture. If you look at mo- a lot of art, um, let me not say art, but like in terms of photographers online, I'll say you can start to see the same kind of photos over and over again. Mm-hmm. You'll start to see this pressure to fit into a box. Mm-hmm. And you may think that you're, this is me. But the question is, is it you? If you haven't taken the time to step back and really ask yourself, like, how do I know I'm, am I really so far out the box or am I following something? And I haven't been in the world enough to really be able to get a real image of myself, you know? So self-reflection is so important to me. That's what helped me continue to be healing through the process with my best friend. And, you know, it's a powerful tool. It's difficult, but it's a powerful tool for sure. Yeah. Now, when you captured the 2020 Black Lives Matter protest, what was it like Mm -hmm. being on the front lines of such a historic movement? And how did that influence your perspective as a photographer? Um, Extremely emotional. Like I was saying, it was there, especially as being a black man, you know, like, there were moments, especially tense moments between police and civilians with very, a lot of yelling, a lot of great arguments being given words of just truth and honesty, crying, like just, and you're shooting these events. I'm taking these pictures, but I really want to be yelling with them, you know? So it's not, it's a very confusing place to be, but you're there, but you want to, you know, the image is, that's my way of yelling, getting that image so it can live on. Um, But I remember there were plenty of times where I just started crying as I was taking pictures. You know, I remember the first time I went out, actually, there was a huge rally in San Francisco and there were like, it was a lot of people. This is like in the beginning when like it, George Floyd just happened and they were doing, if you remember, there was like a lot of videos of like all these people marching and this was against the COVID lockdowns and this was a very large gathering. And um, I remember I just started crying also because I was you know, I was in this San Francisco does not have a huge black population. Oakland's a little different, but like San Francisco mm-hmm. doesn't. So I remember standing out there and I was one of the few black people like in the area. But the level of um, sincerity and I, I guess I don't know how to call, what to call that, but just love I was receiving. Mm-hmm. And it was very authentic and real, was very uncomfortable for me, but very emotional, too. You know, you can just feel that we all were like, we get it, you know, or we're trying to get it. And, you know, so uh, it it was very, very real. It felt like every day and I was going out every day, every night around the clock, you know, and it was never an easy moment. There was always something that was like a challenge. There was always something I needed to question myself and figure out and ask, why do I want to take that photo? Is this worth, there were some things I saw that I think a lot of photographers would have taken pictures of. I felt like that wasn't right. You know, like, so it's also discernment is also another Mm -hmm. thing. And I think um, it ultimately, it taught me the importance of being dedicated to what you're trying to say. You know, like Mm -hmm. I think people often, it takes a lot to really find your voice, find your way in anything. And I've never dedicated that much time and physical energy to anything. And I would have never thought being a photographer was like this physical thing. Like, but you really do need to be in shape. Like you're, you're running, your body needs to be flexible. You have to get, and I'm six, five. So there's like a lot of times when I'm taking pictures of people and they might be shorter than me. So I have to get really low quickly. Like there's so much that goes into it. So 
it just taught me that photography is a sport, you know, and it's like, you you better be in shape if you really want to do it. And you got to go every day. It's not something that you can just like, oh, I got my camera. I'm going to take some pictures. And mm -hmm. like this book took three years, you know, and the one before that, Quest Supreme took five, you know, so it's, it's a very dedicated thing. Um, but I love it. So you kind of have to love it if you really want to I think excel in in photography. It's something you can't cheat it. You cannot cheat it. You just can't. You don't have to buy expensive equipment. You don't need to do that. But the work it, it, you have to every day. You got to be like zoned in to do mm -hmm. something. I think special. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Now you just mentioned a quest supreme. It documents mm -hmm. your travels to over mm -hmm. forty countries, as you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, in search of this inner peace. What were some of the most transformative experiences during Oof. your global journey? Oh, man, uh, that's whoa. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, so many. Oh, uh, there's so many. I remember it was one in the beginning. There was so many. But um, there was one when I was in Thailand, the first trip, the 40 day trip. And we did the full moon party in Copenhagen. Um, I didn't even know that was on the list of things to do. So like, I'm so <laughs> removed. I don't know anything about, like, I remember like, cause I was with a, a tour group of young people that were just like, so I, cause I didn't know how to backpack. So mm -hmm. I remember we would be like, Hey, we're going to Cambodia. I was like, okay, what parts? <laughs> They're like, Oh, you don't know where we're going. I'm like, I don't know. Everything was a surprise. Like they would take me to the, the temples. I'm like, Oh, wow. Like I didn't know. I wasn't prepared. I just had really nice clothes. That's it. Um, and uh, we were, so we went to the full moon party. I knew nothing about what this was. They were telling me like, oh my God, it's like a big rave and it's at night and a full moon. Like, wow, really? That sounds amazing. I can't believe I'm doing this. So mm -hmm. I remember we did it and we like, wore like the highlighter clothes. It was like, I think seven of us. And this is like at the end of this, is like how I ended that 40 day trip actually. So I got to see some of the people I met in the very beginning. And it was just a very loving, like, fun but just embracing each other and with the full moon and the and the beach and the music and just I just remember feeling a sense of like yo this would have never happened if you never took a step forward if you never mm -hmm. stepped out of your comfort zone you like you just met seven people that you're going to be friends with the rest of your life I am still friends with them all they're from all different places you would have never not in wherever you were living. So just the, that level of um, seeing how intention really affects, like when you walk into the things you want to do, how far it can go. Um, another one was, um, this is really small, but I was in a, um, Indonesia. I was in Bali and there was the Gili Islands and it's amazing. I love the Gili Islands. I did like 10 days there. And I remember at this time I was asking people, what does your name mean? I would walk up to people and I really enjoy meeting people. And I was like, what does your name mean? Like, I would really be curious. People have interesting name meanings most of the time. And I remember this one guy, he was just like, I, I don't and I remember. We were like on the beach at like four o'clock in the morning. It was beautiful. The waves and there was these random couches on the beach. And this is Bali. This is amazing. You know, like, and it was like all of us all around the same age, just kicking it, talking about life, sharing our struggles with not knowing who we are, parent, parent pressure, career pressure, relationship pressure, but we all kind of like let it out that night. And just like, it was like a freeing moment. And one of the guys that I asked that to, he's like, I don't know what my name means. And it was really like, he was in his mind about it. So the next day, next morning, we were leaving on a boat to go to the main island to get, to go home. And he's running. It was like a movie. He's like, come on. Come on. He's like, I know what my name means. And I can't remember what it was, but it just, it's, it was just such a beautiful moment. Cause it's like, wow, again, these connections, these moments mm -hmm. that you might not think nothing of, you're, 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 you're shifting people's lives and they're shifting yours at the same time. It's such mm -hmm. a, it's such a beautiful experience to be traveling. And especially when you're, you know, doing things outside of the comfort zone, outside of the mm -hmm. tourist stuff really exploring yourself, you know, like it's, it's immaculate, really, it is.
Yeah. And I think that um, you're right, like doing things outside of the tourist stuff. And that's so Mm -hmm. important to me and and stripping yourself of the things that you're used to. Right. Like uh, when my husband and I, uh, we hiked to Mount Everest Base Camp five years ago and we didn't summit, you know, we didn't do the summit. We just went to base camp, but that was, that was something. No, you, you were, you, you said I'm going, that's enough. (laughs) You you did that part. That's already like 2% of humanity. That that's amazing. Wow. What was that like? It was the most difficult thing that I'd ever done both physically and mentally Mm. Um, because, and it wasn't even necessarily stripping yourself of the material items that you're used to. Um, it was more so for me. Now I ended up at at the end. Um, I had a lot of health problems afterwards. It turns out I had asthma and I didn't even know. And I was an Mm. asthma attack the whole time I was there and had no idea. Like by the time I got home, my face was like a big tomato. It was just puffy and red because of the altitude. But for me, it was more so have an idle time in my mind. Right. Like, Mm. Now I have time to think about things. Now mm. I have t- time to write things down and to like really be with myself. And sometimes we're not always comfortable with that, right? Sometimes yeah. we don't want that because we're, yeah. we keep ourselves so busy because we don't want to think about some things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and actually, I don't think I've ever even talked about that portion of the trip. I've spoken about the trip numerous times, but I've never really shared that that was the piece that really mm. I was like, oh, now I can't, you wow. know, you don't, you don't have, um, your iPad or your, your phone yeah. in bed to scroll TikTok at night or, yeah. you, you know, or, um, a lot of your, your friends or family members around you I mean, mm-hmm. you're with a lot of strangers and we, we made friends and we had an amazing, incredible time, um, really transformative time, but it, it definitely gave you time to think. And I think yeah. some of those trips, like what you're talking about, it does. It makes you think mm-hmm. about things that you wouldn't have if you were home. Yeah, it definitely. Now, and it can get very, like you said, it can get very uncomfortable. Like yeah. it, it's not, it wasn't a, a beauty show for me. Like those five mm-hmm. years, there was mm-hmm. some tough, tough mm-hmm. times. Plenty of times where I wanted to just leave. Yeah. I remember one time I, I called my mom. I was like, I don't like this anymore. Like it was too difficult culturally. I mm-hmm. Things that work at home and I've always been a social person. I had to learn how to become social internationally because mm-hmm. it's a different mm-hmm. way of communication. It's a different, it's different. So I didn't know. So I'm doing my Jersey thing and the Jersey thing ain't working. <laughs> and I'm thinking they don't like me because something wrong. They're judging mm-hmm. me. And I remember my mom was like, yo, just you paid all that money have a good time. Stop mm-hmm. trying to be people's friends. Just yeah. do you. And when I did that, to my surprise, all of a sudden I became, I met so many people and I realized mm-hmm. it was me. It wasn't them. It wasn't the world around me. It was me t- trying to fit. Well, not, I don't know if I was trying to fit in, but just focusing on the wrong part. You come all right. the way out there. It's not about them. It's about you. And mm-hmm. once you make it about you, naturally them becomes a, a co-created space versus trying to live through just the people you meet it needs to be like a little bit of both so it's challenging but it's Mm -hmm. it's beautiful at the same time for sure Mm. now you were in 2021 you were featured in apple's hometown campaign uh, celebrating black photographers across america how did this recognition impact your artistic vision and career oh it was a beautiful push. Oh man, that was the wake up call. That's the one. I remember I was driving, I I was driving to, I was driving somewhere and I got the email and I'm like, is this real? Because it was like Apple. I'm like, (laughs) come on, come on. You know, so then, yeah, who's (laughs) trying to get my information, you know? And then I remember she was like, yeah, to send you, you need to sign an NDA to move forward. I was like, this is real. real. Okay. So I had to, <laughs> I had to park the car. I was like, okay, this is really, you know, so, and I remember it was like, it was game time. It wasn't like, oh, you got two months to figure it out. And it was like, you need to, you got, we have a meeting in like a week or like three days. You need to have your whole concept ready. You have, we're going to give you the tools to use. You can't use your equipment. You can't mm-hmm. use random. They were just saying so many things I couldn't use. Like you just have to basically get to the just a camera phone right. and your subject. That's all you can do. 
and you're going not against, but it is like a competition to a degree. You don't want to, you know, you got other photographers from different places. And at that point, I didn't know how many, I didn't know like the number. I didn't know whether more people in the Bay area, I didn't know if it was going to, I didn't know. So I just, I love the challenge of it. And it was such a beautiful, not beautiful, but, um, I don't know. Like it was like game time. Like it was like, and you either step up to the plate or you get scary and you <laughs> drop the ball. And I kind of really do well when it, the odds are against me, like stacked. In. And I think, you know, and they didn't, and I didn't know it was going to be billboards, anything or commercials. Like they didn't say any of that. They were like, this could happen, but mm-hmm. we'll see. They didn't even make it seem like it would even be chosen. Like we got to see what you do. And then we'll make a decision. So when it became, it got accepted and then, you know, it it went online. It went to billboards. It was on the Super Bowl. One of the photos was in the Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. It was like, yo. So again, some of the stuff I was saying earlier about like, yo, you you just have to really believe in yourself and not be afraid to do your voice and take well have your voice because even in the photography I took, like, you know, I didn't want to do anything that was similar to anybody else. You know, mm-hmm. and I remember when I was telling them my concepts, they were like. Okay, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll see. <laughs> so, but I knew it was like it wasn't necessarily what they might have wanted to hear. But I don't know that, but I, I felt mm-hmm. that way. But they were very supportive and beautiful people. I love everyone over there. And um, yeah, I it was it was a great growth spurt, I would say. And after you do something like that, there's a couple of pressures. Not one you do feel good about yourself, it opens a lot of doors, and but also it's like, okay, you now what? You know, what are you going to do now? It's like, how do you push the envelope as a creative, as an artist? How do you, what's the next level of, you know, and that's the, where I'm at. That's one of the more conversations I have more consistently. And now I really understand this part of artistry when you've gotten out of the beginner stage, so to speak. And you're like, in your career, you've done some things that you really are proud of. And it's like, okay, what, how do you push the envelope? How do you continue to recreate? Do you recreate? Do you go a different lane? It's such a very, it's, 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 it's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. And it's, um, I, I understand it. And I think the deeper I get into it, the, the more I have an appreciation for other artists mm-hmm. and especially the ones that have had longevity, the ones that have continued to stay consistent, the ones that continue to grow. I think growing is like, you have, again, you got to put the time in, you got to put the effort in. And so, yeah, that Apple experience um, really opened my eyes to just what I can do and also being ready for any moment that comes my way. Like I will never be afraid of, I wasn't afraid of that event, but like it, at least it wasn't in my head now. It was like I had real, I I, I played that out and it went very well. And I try to, you know, I just keep that mentality moving forward the best as I can anyway. I think when we do progress in our careers or our passions, oftentimes it's us getting in our own head, right? When we want to push the envelope, we're like, get, you know, what they say, imposter syndrome. Like, well, do I really belong in this space? Like, is this Mm -hmm. really for me? Am I really good enough? And I I think that oftentimes it's just us getting in our own head. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've been having lots of trust. It's a part of the process, but you got to like, remember, like, Mm -hmm. again, don't be a slave to the algorithm. Like, don't let any, like, remember who you are, like, remember who you are. And I always tell myself whenever I'm feeling uncomfortable, whatever I'm like questioning myself, be like, remember your story, bro. Remember your reason. Like I told you about my best friend. Um, his birthday was March 7th. Mine is March 5th. I per- One of the reasons I wear this hat all the time is because of the seven. It's like, he's constantly with me. And it's like, when you've dealt with stuff like that, mm-hmm. it makes those things in other people like secondary. Like, I'm not going to let you defeat me after mm-hmm. I've triumphed through these real things. This is just, this isn't, either you make it or break it. There's been things I've, I've had opportunities that I not failed at, but it didn't go the way I wanted. You know, there were big opportunities, contests that I was a finalist. didn't work out. I gave my all, but I, I won't let that defeat me. It's like it mm-hmm. happens. It's just a part of the game. Absolutely. But just remember your reason, you know, remember why you're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the power of visual storytelling is immense. How do you hope that your photography can contribute to a better understanding of complex social issues? 
doing the work again, like really diving into things. Like I think as a photographer, especially in today's culture, and I've only learned this from the, from the older photographers that I've connected with over the years and followed from afar. They always say young photographers leave too, leave too quick. Mm-hmm. They say, we go to scenes, we take pictures and we're sometimes one of those first people out. And it's like, you need to stay. You never know. You might miss that one shot. It might be just mm-hmm. one moment at the end of that event or wherever you're at. Like, don't be so quick and hasty, even in the, um, making photography books like nowadays you know i think some photographers are doing it like within a year it's like you didn't really dive into that topic it to take like this next one i'm doing i'm expecting this to take at least four years you know like Mm -hmm. and i think giving it that level of respect of whatever you're trying to say i think that's how you you make a statement versus looking at things from just the the top of the the cover instead of really going underneath and really learning about and showing respect to who you're taking pictures of. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the reasons with Black Astronaut that made me, that also motivated me because I feel like a lot of the photos weren't realistic to what was actually going on. I think the photographers, maybe they just didn't understand the the emotions, like how I was crying at the mm-hmm. police line, like maybe because I, I really understand what's happening. Maybe that gave me a different yeah. eye into the situation. There was also times, you know, where I was at different rallies. And I think because I got access, I got access because they, we recognized each other and they knew what I was there for. There was a trust there. So I think mm-hmm. The same thing goes with any topic you go into. And that's based on every photographer, every moment. It's like, do you, are you here just to take photos or are you going to like be a part of this experience with the subject? Are you going to really dive in and show respect and gain their trust? You know, instead of taking photos, you're actually like taking, like making photos with the subject. I think that's something that I really learned and that's something I try to do. And I think that translates differently when you're seeing it because it gives the the honest something that might not be seen you know something that might have been missed nuances that are like wow you know like it's even like if people maybe you're not someone's not a photographer like just think about like having interesting conversations with people how many people are with friends but because they don't kind of go into deeper topics or ask different questions they don't know a lot about that person but if you you know put actually start to spend time and turn the TV off, turn the phone off and communicate, you might, wow, I didn't know you, you know, it's the same thing with artistry. It's like taking your time, like just, and you'll find out new things and, and then it'll make it, it'll help in terms of the fact that so many people are trying to do the same thing you're doing. Cause now, you know, photography, media, everyone's in the game. So how do you find your voice? How do you become, how do you stand out? Yeah. And I think you stand out by doing the work because most people I find the way society is run now, it's like quick, 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 run, 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 run. But it's not, let me just chill. Let me see what's going on here. You know, it's so a yeah. society of, you know, uh, immediate satisfaction. We mm-hmm. you know we want something right now instead of really putting our time into it. And um, again, like I mentioned earlier, sitting back and observing and uh, taking it in. You mentioned um, establishing trust, and that kind of leads me into my next question. How do you establish trust and build connections with your subjects, especially when you're documenting these sensitive topics? Um, I think that's 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 intuition. That's life experience. Mm-hmm. That's compassion, empathy. You know, that's. Yeah, you got to take your time. You can't like come in there and just start shooting away. You got to like introduce yourself to people. I've become very good at like I it's 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 like a to ask someone can I take your picture mm-hmm. is so natural to me. There's no level of like I don't like in the beginning mm-hmm. it's like that. You don't know if you can. Now it's just like, "Hey, can I take a picture?" No. Okay, cool. Like I don't even take it personally. Like it's like it would have been a great photo, but I get it, you know, whereas yeah. but 9 times out of 10 people say yes. And you get the access and trust because like, you know, many people tell me thank you because I asked like just saying, hey, may I take your photo? I think you look cool or hey, I'm doing this project or and they go, really me? I'm like, yeah, you look like and just having that friendly 
I'm, I am moved. So that's the other part. I'm not just taking it just to take it. Like I'm looking at you. I'm like, Oh no, this is, I have to do this. And I think that energy they, I I believe the subjects feel. Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a part of just like talking with people and not being afraid. Don't let this camera block you from having experiences with people. There's been, again, like I said earlier, there's been moments where I'm like, this is an amazing photo. But out of respect for this moment, I'm not going to do it. I have had moments with friends and family where, like, I have my camera and something emotional might be happening. And I'm like, my discernment tells me, nah, it's just not worth making them feel disrespected or taken advantage of or whatever are uncomfortable. You know, Mm -hmm. so I've just that's something that's really important to me. And And it's just connecting with people. And I think like. I always use the like karate kid, like the wax on, wax off thing that he cho- told, taught Danny's son, Daniel's son. It's like, yeah, like when you're going traveling the world and you're getting used to meeting people and going to these hostels and it teaches you how to connect with people. So I think that really helps me. It's almost the same thing. It's like I'm open. I'm cool. I'm non-judgmental. That's another thing. Non-judgmental is the way to go. Like I, there's so many moments like I've been to an anti uh, I went to a few anti-vax uh, rallies mm-hmm. and, I, you know, outside looking in, I would think, oh, this isn't what I want to go to. But, and, you know, but it was a beautiful challenge because, like, I was seeing things that di- I didn't necessarily agree with, mm-hmm. but I gave them the same respect I would give anybody else. Mm-hmm. And as an artist, for me personally, that's important because I know there's situations where I might not fit aesthetic that people are comfortable with and i've been judged by what i seem like or what preconceived Mm -hmm. notions they have of me and i hate it so it's like you're almost paying it forward as a photographer by showing people that respect and i think what you put out into this world you get back and i've had some beautiful experiences based off that you know so and i continue to to do and most of the um the photographers i've learned from they've all kind of had the same kind of thought process, the ones that get those photos where you're like, how did you get that? It's like, we're, how did you? And it's like a conversation. I talked to them. I spent time with the family. I lived with them for two weeks. I helped them with their, like, it's like, you have to really immerse yourself. And that's the part you got to really, you got to dive in. There's no, there's no cheat, cheat code. There really isn't like, you got to go all in if you want to do something special. I, I believe so. Yeah. Well, and that's what sets you apart um, from an artist in traditional me- media, you know, mm. um, you're a storyteller. As an artist, what role do you think art and photography play in fostering empathy and understanding among diverse communities? Um, it's a great way to see the other side or to see things you might not understand. Like, and there's, there is a difference between experiencing something and walking, looking at something, but I do think that it helps. It's a part of the process. Like for me, movies growing up in North New Jersey, like no one, we did travel a little bit. Like we went, but we mainly went to South Jersey. We went to Vegas every once in a while. And that was like, whoa, you know, like, <laughs> but we weren't hopping on planes left and right, you know? So travel wasn't a part of, um, what we, what I was used to movies was my way out. Movies was like, Whoa. And my dad used to take me to movies all the time. And it was like seeing this world of like, Whoa, they got those kind of toys or they're in that place. or they're traveling in that. It was like an eye into something. And it's not the same as doing it, but it gives you the, it does something for your visualization and, and like setting the tone, I guess, or some sort of thing. So I think um, the same thing is true of photography as it, as movies were to me. It it gives you an opportunity to learn about things you might not understand. And that's the thing, but it also becomes a question of um, the individual that is, you. I think people need to seek these things too, because they're not going to find you. You know, it's very rare that you just hop and find something that's going to open your mind. Like you have to kind of have an open mind and be curious. The curiosity starts and then you start finding books. You start finding movies. You start reaching out and diving into yourself and reading books and, and things of that nature. And I, I think it it's like the seeker will find the thing that can help 
grow their mentality and empathy and understanding. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like once you make a choice, there's infinite things in the world that can help broaden your mind. So I think photography is like, it's an opportunity for someone that's already made a choice, mm -hmm. you know, versus it being something, if you're not ready, you're not going to see it. I can, I've shown books to people that have changed my life and I've seen them get it and they go flip, 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 mm -hmm. nothing. I'm like, and I, and I'm like, how could you not stop and look at that photo? Uh, you know, and they're my, Oh, it was cool. Drops the book yeah. and goes, you know? And I'm like, not to take that personally, but it's like, it shows me that if you're not seeking that you're not going to see it. Mm -hmm. So, I think it, it again, I think it, it provides an opportunity um, to create empathy, but it doesn't make people empathetic. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think so. Yeah. Now, you've For spoken sure. about your um, new book, Black Astronaut, a little bit, and it mm -hmm. explores a nationwide revolution ignited by the pandemic and George Floyd's passing, as you mentioned. What inspired mm -hmm. you to document this particular moment in history? And what message or impact do you hope? that this book is going to have on its, on its readers. Great question. <laughs> great, great, great question. Um, yeah, I would say similar, like, again, seeing all those learning so many photography books of civil rights movement, the, the hippie movement, the, the peace movement, the peace revolution, the women's revolution, all of that were like a lot of the, the books that really, I really was like, I felt, I felt like I was learning. I felt like it was giving me an eye into something. And then from an artistic perspective, I was, you know, actually seeing how it was done versus what Instagram will show you, like real photography, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like once that, you know, everything happened, like, you know, George Floyd and, and the, again, the, the emotion that we all felt when we watched that video, a different level of pain that I've never really experienced in that way, given that type of situation. And it was a wake up call and I didn't know I was going to make a book out of it. It was just, I knew that I needed to do my part. And I, I said this to a friend, it's like, and I remember at that time, so many people wanted to do more, but they didn't know what they can do, especially with lockdowns. And mm -hmm. it's like, what can I do? I don't know what to do. Like I can post, I can send money. I can, and it's, and I get that because it can be difficult. You can't just change something with a blink of an eye. It's like, it takes work. So the fact that I was a photographer and I actually could do something, I didn't take that for granted. Mm -hmm. So it was like for, mm -hmm. for all my friends that wanted to do something, but couldn't, all the people that aren't here anymore that are living through us and 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 all the people that are coming down the pike that need to understand what happened at this moment in time, like I was that motivated me to get out there and do it. And um, it was again, it was just pure rawness of the moment and complete just in like completely tunnel vision of making sure I do my best and not taking anything for granted. Um, and yeah, and it became a book, you know, I, I realized maybe maybe a year and a half of taking photos and seeing that it was something was happening because you don't know you're, you're taking photos. And for me, you don't really know if you have anything that's worth that, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, let's see. But then it was just the images were just speaking so powerfully. And I was like, nah, you, this is something. And I was so thankful that I chose to wait also because there's a lot of books that came out, by the end of that year, like 2020, end of 2021, 2022, they were already like published and out. And I'm like, it's not over yet. Mm -hmm. There's so many other things that are going on, especially like the women's movement. Like there was so many things that are happened that I'm happy I was able to incorporate into the book because I, I really wanted it to be about this bigger picture of everything that America is trying to say. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think it was... Of course, the pandemic and George Floyd ignited it, but we're still figuring stuff out. You know, like I could still be working on that book if I wanted to. Um, but I felt like the time was right um, at that point, like about three years in. And yeah, it, it's been. Um, yeah, it's been a very, very meaningful journey, I would say, something that I definitely like a quest supreme was a beautiful book. And that was, again, that was me just living my life. That was about me and drew finding my peace. This was about showing up for 
all the people that are responsible for all the beautiful things I have today, you know, the freedom that I have today. And it was like, it was my way to give back. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it was my way to like risk my life because I knew it was bigger than me. And to see where it's today, you know, it hasn't come out yet, but just seeing the great things that have happened in between, you know, and the opportunities that has opened in the conversations. And I really, really cannot wait to it's out and I can have further dialogue with people because this has been so close to my heart. I've seen the book a million trillion times. So it's like the images are very, very close to me to a point where I don't even have perspective of them anymore. It's like, you know, so I really can't wait to see people's um to get some feedback on it because I think it's a very great opportunity to reflect on those times. But also through that reflection, I believe it creates the possibility of like thinking forward about where you want to go. And that's one of the reasons why I chose the concept black astronaut at versus it being just a book about America and crisis or something that's more along the lines of, if you you know what it is as soon as you read the title, I wanted to create a concept within it so we continue to realize we need to go forward. And the whole concept is um, Black Astronaut, because when I felt like I left my apartment, when you had COVID in the air, so you didn't trust the air, you know, and then America seemed like a brand new place that didn't make any sense. Like, I felt like I was in a new world. Like, people were running, rioting. I'm like, what, is, what happened to the America I knew? And... If you think about an astronaut, what they when they go into the moon or wherever they're going in space, everything around them is trying to destroy them. Everything around them is unfamiliar. That suit lets them go into very dangerous places and be okay. And I felt like that's what I had to become to take those photos and to create this project. So, and I'm continuing to go forward in everything I do. And I want that for everyone else. Like, cause I feel we all deal with stuff like that. We all are in co- uncomfortable situations. We're all like, un- like in places that might be unfamiliar or places that are trying to take advantage of us or whatever it might be. And we need to be strong. We need to be vigilant. We need to be realize who we are and know that nothing can stop you as long as you remember who you are and believe in yourself. And that's the, the deeper concept of the book. So. That's my hope that people get from it reflection and inspiration to to grow and fly forward. Yeah. I think that is a beautiful concept and I am so excited for you. Where can our listeners find you online and where can they pre-order Black Astronaut? Awesome. Well, the easiest way I would say, well, my Instagram page, I have all the links. They're all in there. Um, but my Instagram, I am Kamal X. So I am K-A-M-A-L-X. That's my Instagram. Um, and, but if you also go to Amazon right now, you can pre-order. I'm not sure when this will come out or just order it um, on Amazon. If you type in Black Astronaut Kamal X, it pops right up. If you just put, put in Black Astronaut, it pops up. Put in Kamal <laughs> X, it pops up. You'll see me with an astronaut suit with a big yellow X. And that's me and you found it. And yeah, any support, any it goes such a long way, such a long way. This is my first major publication. The first book was self-published. This one is with a publisher out in UK. So this is a whole different level of uh, more books to sell. Um, And it's a beautiful challenge, but it's also beautiful because I think it's the possibility of it being into more homes, more people, more experiences, more conversation. And so anyone out there that's curious and would like to check it out or support, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. You definitely won't be wasting your time or your money for sure. And I will make sure to link to your Instagram and to, oh, the awesome. link to, to Amazon for you to purchase it um, mm-hmm. on the show notes of this episode. So I have one last question for you. I ask everyone this, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite quote or any words of wisdom that you would like to leave behind for our listeners? Ooh, favorite quote, man, that's a, Ooh, well, there's so many because I'm thinking of Prince because I love Prince, but I can't think. I, I know I don't want to mess Prince's quotes up, but um, I'm also thinking of Muhammad Ali and because um, Muhammad Ali, I draw a lot of inspiration from also. And it's quote, it's quick because I don't remember the whole thing, but he literally says, I'm the greatest. He says that. And I'm not using that in a way like, oh, I'm the but more so like that level of faith in yourself and that level of 
dealing with the world against you and not being afraid and standing up for what you believe in. That's what I pull from when I read that I'm the greatest. When I'm seeing him say that and I'm seeing him be the heavyweight champion of the world at that time period, all the things he's dealing with and speaking out and being just one of the greatest leaders, fighters of all time. It's like, whoa, you know, it's just like I, I pull from that. And I think about that when I'm down, when I'm even when I'm working out, if I'm like getting tired, I imagine like, what would Muhammad Ali say, man? He would be like, get up. You're the greatest. You know, so like I always keep that in my mind of just like keeping me going. And it's a good mantra. And uh, yeah, it's a positive vibe. And then there's some Prince stuff, but I can't think of it right now. But Prince is amazing. So check out Prince. <laughs> check out Prince. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. I am incredibly grateful for you in this conversation. It's been just me too. really amazing. And I'm really grateful that you took time out of your day to be with me. Oh, thank I this I genuinely enjoyed all of this. Your questions were amazing. Connecting with you, I love your ability to to converse and to share. And you have such an interesting story yourself. I wish you all the best and continued success in everything you're doing. All the listeners, you guys have an amazing person. You guys are listening to. I'm thankful to be here, and yeah, all love, all love. <laughs>